Hello everyone, this is Matt Ferret, author of the Prepare for Medicare book series, and welcome to another episode of The Matt Ferret Show, where I interview insiders and experts to help light a path to a successful retirement. First, a quick thank you is in order. The Matt Ferret Show is really taking off, thanks to all of you. This is really fun for me and I hope valuable for you. I just wanted to again thank you for listening, liking, thumbs upping, rating, ranking, subscribing, and following The Matt Ferret Show on YouTube and all over the podcast universe. That said, if you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, I'd be grateful if you did. If you're listening to this podcast, put a voice with a face. Video and full show transcripts are up at mattferret.com or just search for The Matt Ferret Show on YouTube. We all know staying physically active throughout our lives is a key component of overall health. But working out may be even more important the older you get especially for women. Falls are the leading cause of injury-related death among adults age 65 and older, and fall death rates among adults age 65 and older increased about 30% from 2009 to 2018. Weight training and overall fitness go a long way in keeping muscles strong and making sure your balance is on point as we all age. But that's only half of it, and it may actually be less than half of it. Staying active and having the right nutrition plan go hand-in-hand with physical fitness and the mental fitness that supports it. My guest today is Erica Pimentel. She holds a PhD in human nutrition and is a NASM-certified personal trainer who specializes in women's fitness. We talked quite a bit about maintaining fitness as you age, the importance of weight and core training for balance, nutrition and meal plans, online training programs versus in-person assessments, customization versus just getting started, fad diets, food versus exercise, and a whole lot more. Enjoy. Erica, welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. Sure. Tell everybody a little bit about what you do and um, how you help people. Yes. um, So I am a personal trainer. I was certified through NASM. Um, I help women. um, So I specialize in women's fitness. Prior to that, I was actually teaching at Rush University Medical Center. I was in charge of um, the graduate students teaching nutrition. So I have always had a passion for health and wellness and fitness. Um, Decided to open my own personal training business so that I could be closer to um, my kids. So I'm no longer teaching, but um, I keep up with uh, nutrition. Thank you. What is NASM? You said NASM as if I knew what that was, but I have no idea. What is it? NASM is the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Um, There's different uh, ways that you can get accredited as a personal trainer. Uh, NASM is one of the highly recognized, um, you know, if you were to want to go to work at a specific gym, you know, they're looking for the more highly accredited um, personal training specialization. So I've been with NASM for eight years and every two years you have to recertify to, you know, keep up with your uh, education in, in fitness and in health, because they offer health as well. Talk to me a little bit more about that. What is it like? What does it take to get certified as a personal trainer through NASM and, and talk about that? It sounds like continuing education uh, every couple of years. Can you tell, tell me a little bit about that? It does. So the first time around, you're just studying the general um, information. You have to pass this exam. Um, once you pass that, you can go into different specializations. Um, you can do in-person workshops. Others are just you know online 
education. I have done the nutrition coach, weight loss specialization, and uh, women's fitness. So those are kind of my passions. They, they go hand in hand. They have things for youth, you know, if you want to um, specialize in, in youth uh, group training and, and other things as well. Um, so it takes, you know, you have to study, pass an exam, um, and uh, attend some, some workshops as well. So you've got a very interesting background, personal trainer, women's health, nutrition, education, and now you're putting it into practice with personal training. Tell me about that journey. It's been a great journey, actually. Um, you know, I started teaching graduate students uh, nutrition. Uh, it was a long commute for me. So when I had kids, I decided to back away from that. And when my youngest one was getting ready to start uh, kindergarten, I decided, okay, what am I going to do? I don't want to go back to the commute have always been very active, used to play sports, um, have always loved weight training. So, you know, I decided to just uh, step in and try it out. And because of my nutrition background, it makes it a lot easier for me to really help my clients in more of a holistic way, you know, to approach their lifestyle, not just, you know, working out, but you really have to focus on your nutrition as well. So it's, it's been a good eight years for me. And I've really enjoyed, um, especially, you know, especially women, because that's my passion. I know um, from personal experience, a lot of the struggles that sometimes women can go through as we age. Um, so that has really been my major focus, helping uh, women. I do train males, um, but the majority of my clients are females, older females. Well, let's get into that. Um, so you're blending, not just, you know, shoving up weights at a gym, and not just uh, using a, you know, a fitness app to track your calories. It's really the blended piece. Talk about your passion. Talk about that passion for women's fitness and women's health. Yeah, so um, a lot of women start to transition um, and see changes that they don't understand why they're happening. Um, I think we're not educated enough. Um, you know, the, the medical profession doesn't really prepare us uh, or friends and family. It's not talked about enough. Some of the changes that you can start to experience. And it's very frustrating. You know, it's Women will get depressed, you know, they're starting to gain weight, they've tried everything, they don't know what's going on. So, and every person is an individual. You cannot, you know, do the same program for one person as you do for the next because there's different things that might be happening. So I really take time to talk to my clients, delve into any medical issues that they might have. Uh, what have they tried? I do have them use an app to track because that's really the best way for me to really know what they're eating. It's funny. Sometimes they say, you know, I think I'm eating. Okay. You know, and you start asking questions and it's really not okay. Um, so to really get a good picture, I have to get people to track. And then I go in and I look at that intake and give them feedback. You know, we sit down and say, these are the changes that you can make. This is why you would make them. This is how it's going to help you. Um, one of the biggest things is protein intake. Um, I would say that and women tend to uh, decrease caloric intake when they see that they're putting on weight and things are happening. They think that by restricting calories, they're going to get the results that they want. So really talking to them about a healthy way of achieving that healthy lifestyle is what I focus on. Talk to me about those chemical changes. And you're right. I mean, the people, there's so much diet data out there and Mediterranean diet and calorie restriction, blood type. Talk to me a little bit about that, about that journey. And maybe from, you know, the onset of menopause or forties and fifties and all the way to kind of the end. And what are the changes in, um, what are the changes that you see and, and how does working with 
uh, a nutritionist or um, someone who combines nutrition and uh, personal training, how can that help alleviate symptoms or help uh, people get through different stages? And that's a great question, Matt. So one, and I'll back it up to the thirties because this is a critical piece. I think people don't realize, you know, we're in our thirties, vibrant, have a lot of energy. You start to experience, or at least most women will start to see some changes mid thirties to late thirties. Um, a big piece is in your thirties, whether you're male or female, we will start to lose lean muscle mass. People don't think that it occurs that early, but it does. So what that does is the less lean muscle mass that you have, the slower your metabolism will be because you're going to be burning less calories. So maintaining lean muscle mass is critical. Once you hit 40, between 40 and 50, you have a bigger decrease in lean muscle mass. It's just muscle atrophy. It's a normal process in the human body. It continues throughout your 50s, 60s, and 70s. But the biggest chunk is between mid-30s to um, 50s. Um, so one of the things that I think is critical is people understanding that if you are active, um, you are better able to maintain your lean muscle mass. There are studies that show that once, you know, you start experiencing some of that weight gain, late thirties, early forties, if you do not decrease your caloric intake by about 200, 300 calories, you will see that weight gain unless you're active, unless you're, you know, you're, you're doing something proactively. So it is a part of human nature, I guess, um, for you to start seeing some of those changes. It's what you do about them. What's going to be the end result? Will you gain weight? Will you be able to maintain your weight? So talking to people about this, it's not common knowledge. I think a lot of people don't know. Um, so doing definitely weight training. Um, and I know a lot of the times, you know, males have always been very active in weight training. Females, unfortunately, have been given this notion, and now it's changing, which is a good thing. But, you know, for the last decade or more than that, um, females were always told cardio, cardio, cardio. You know, women do not lift weights. Until this day, you know, you still get some comments, oh, yeah, you know, women can't lift heavy. You know, it's like, what do you call heavy, right? Um, it doesn't have to be extremely heavy, but just staying active with some form of um, resistance training um, is really helpful to maintain your lean muscle mass. And that is, you know, a key component in being able to stay healthy. Um, it'll help you as you age with balance, you know, working out balance and stability. You know, as we age, you start to lose uh, your balance, fall, you know, you might hurt yourself in a really bad way. Um, those are some things that if you train actively, you can prevent as you age. I had this one person at the gym that I used to work for, unbelievable, the type of exercises that he did and what he was able to do. And it all really revolved mostly around core stability. We're talking somebody in his seventies. I never asked him his age. He might've been older, but it always amazed me what he was able to do. And he was so dedicated and consistent because he knew the importance of core stability. Um, so that's also a huge component, strengthening your core to prevent lower back issues, um, back pains, falls, and, and things like that. So if I'm listening and we're watching this and I'm a male or a female in my 50s, 60s, 70s, you mentioned um, core stability, you mentioned weight training, but um, maybe I don't have a membership to a gym. 
Uh, maybe I can't afford or don't think I can afford a nutritionist to really map out my, my meal plans. And frankly, I don't really want to be an Instagram model. Uh, and I don't need to be, I just need to be, you know, functional, functionally healthy. What are some things that I can do at home or do myself without having to go feel like I got to spend, uh, you know, a lot of money, um, you know, are there books, are there online, uh, resources, or, you know, are there some basic tenets that people need to follow as older adults and as they age? And that's a very good question. Uh, you do not need to belong to a gym to be able to work out um, and get a good workout. Um, so I'm going to tackle the fitness part first. There are online programs. I don't really recommend those as much because you really want at least to start off with, have somebody to guide you to make sure you're doing the exercises correctly. Um, and yes, you can look at some of these programs and get the idea behind it, but it's always a good thing to start off with somebody guiding you and it doesn't have to be permanent. If you've never done weight training, it would be beneficial for you to have somebody looking at your form and helping you. I always tell my clients, you don't need me anymore. You know, I have clients that have been with me four or five years and it's more because of the accountability. They know what they're doing, but you really don't need to stay with a personal trainer for that long. A uh, couple of dumbbell sets that you have, you know, eight, tens, twelves, if you're beginning, um, lean muscle mass, you can start to build it if you're using twelves and above. But if you're somebody who's not interested in, you know, going above 12 pounds, because it's too hard because you're not there yet, definitely progressing, you know, starting with five, if you need to eight, 10 up to 12, um, is a great way to start. Um, but like I, I did mention, I think it'd be hard if you've never done any weight training to try to do this on your own. If you cannot have somebody in person help you, then yes, following some of the programs to make sure, you know, you know how many repetitions, you know, how many sets and the types of the best exercises to get you there. Um, the other component would be nutrition, which some people love to work out. They don't want you to talk to them about nutrition because the nutrition aspect is a little bit harder. It, that's it takes me. That's, that's completely me. I will work out two, three hours a day. And then someone says, you know, you really ought to look at, you really ought to look at your mix of your carbs and fat and, and everything else. And I go, mm, I don't know. I, I, it's almost like I work out to eat. My problem is I just can't keep up. <laughs> Well, and you know what? It has become very confusing. That's part of the problem. People get so much, they get bombarded with too many different options. And I will, I don't know if I'm one of the few out there that still believes this, but for me, I do not believe in fat diets um, because of the fact that our human body is designed to use protein, fat, and carbohydrate. We need all three. Now, what are the best ratios for each person? I really do believe that depends on the stage of your life that you're in. Um, so you do have to adjust a little bit as you age those proportions. But I tell people, you know, sometimes people look at me and they're like, uh, you know, I'm not cutting out carbs. I'm like, I never said you had to cut out carbs. I don't want you to, you know, because you do need carbohydrates. You know, our brain works solely on glucose. If you eliminate, you know, if you do a diet where you're so low in carbs, your body has to adapt. And the way that it adapts is not necessarily good for your body because that's not what we were designed to do. Two key things that I start people off with, um, you know, you wanna set goals. You don't wanna to try to do everything all at once because then you get overwhelmed. Water intake is key. If you're not drinking enough water, so you can start tracking how much water you're drinking. Studies have shown that just by drinking the adequate amount of water, you're gonna be burning off an additional 100 calories a day, just by drinking water. 
I've never heard, but that's crazy. I I really, I mean, that's a decent walk around the neighborhood. Yes. So making sure that you, for several reasons, for, you know, 80% to 90% of our body is water. So your body needs, you know, that water. Um, There are studies that show that you will burn more calories. Um, But not only that, people who are dehydrated sometimes sense that they're hungry and it's not hunger. So I always tell my clients, before you decide to eat something, check how much water you have consumed and try drinking, you know, six to eight ounces before you decide to, you know, eat whatever it was that you were going to eat. The other huge piece is protein intake. So protein intake is highly critical. Um, Different people, especially women, when they start to cut back on calories, it's even harder to get an adequate amount of protein. Um, But it is even more so important as we age, because you want to make sure you're keeping that lean muscle mass. So I always try to target, make sure that you're eating adequate amount of protein. Um, to is be that a, to- um, is that a, sorry to interrupt you. Is that a, uh, like a per pound ratio? I mean, when I, when I look at bodybuilders, I've read, you know, they do 1.2 grams of protein per amount of body weight. And I don't know about you. There's no way I can eat 1.2 grams of protein every day with my body weight. What, what's a good, you know, a benchmark for someone again, who's not trying to be a bodybuilder just try to maintain core stability and try to maintain some muscle, uh, some fitness levels. Well, and it's uh, great that you bring that 1.2 up because you will see tables. If you were to Google it, you're going to see tables that show 1.2 grams per pound. But we were taught in the way that I even learned it when I was in uh, school studying for nutrition is you don't use per pound. You should use per kilogram of body weight, which makes a huge difference. So if you're somebody who's just trying to maintain your weight, you're not active, you would do 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. If you're somewhat active, you can bump it up to one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. If you're somebody who's really weight training, even if it's not heavy, but you're doing it three, four times a week, you can bump that up to 1.2 grams of uh, protein per kilogram of body weight. Um, Without giving away my weight, You know, I try to target my protein intake right now. I'm in, in a phase that I've got a specific goal. So I try to target it anywhere between 80 to hundred grams of protein a day. It's not easy. I'm not going to say that it is, you know, I do supplement with uh, a, you know, a protein supplement because even though I try to eat chicken, fish, and, you know, other foods that are high in protein, I'd have to be eating a lot more than I'm really used to. And I don't want to overeat as well. So, um, it's not easy. I'm not going to say that it's easy, but if you're just moderately active, not, you know, doing it three, four times a week or not lifting heavy, you can get away with that one gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. So but yeah, got... bodybuilders use the per you know, pound. <laughs> so there you go. So if you're a bodybuilder, you can, you can eat an entire half of, or an entire cow uh, every meal and, and be great at it that's not me. Um, (laughs) all right. So, so we were talking about working out from home and working out without a gym, uh, and you're recommending, right. We get protein, we've got water intake, we've got, uh, you know, beginning weights, um, body weight exercises, I assume as well. Body weight exercise. If you want to start off with body weight exercises and even resistance bands, you can certainly do that but you want to add that additional resistance. So you're going to get to a point where that your own body weight is not going to be enough resistance um, to build that muscle. Um, And also for bone purposes, you know, if if you add that additional component of weight, you are um, 
creating that new bone formation to help you know with with bone loss as you age. So I would definitely recommend uh, you know progressing if you want to start with body weights, then you can do a little bit of resistance band training, but eventually hit you know the weights at, at some point in time. And I, I had one client had never worked out in her life. Uh, she was in her 70s had actually shoulder issues, which I don't even know how I trained with her because you could hear it. And, you know, it was painful to me to hear it. She started weight training in her seventies. And, you know, I just started her at her own, you know, where, where you needed to start. You can't, you know, go overboard, but she definitely saw improvement in, in um, what she was with, what she was doing had never really worked out in her life. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, if you've never worked out or you don't have access to a gym, you know, some dumbbells you buy off Amazon or, you know, you buy at a yard sale, um, do some bodyweight exercises and nutrition, walks, core, sit-ups, push-ups, squats, and that's fine. But beyond that, you should really consider go into your why, go into a, a, an inexpensive gym, and at least in initially, if you've never done this before, consulting with uh, a training professional and, and get a program. Yeah, I think that would be uh, the best advice. I mean, you can do it at home, but you know, when you join a gym, usually you might get an initial offer for a couple of you know, training sessions at a reduced price, even if you do that, um, three, four, just to kind of get an idea of, okay, how am I supposed to structure this? What is the proper form of the main, you know, the major uh, exercises you mentioned, push-ups, squats, uh, planks. So, so there's, you know, there's a lot of exercise out there, but the, the main group, you know, is usually working uh, the major muscle groups. So if you get some idea of how to do those and how to properly do those, you'd be off to a good start. And then, you know, you could potentially follow people online. You do have to be careful. Sometimes people recommend, I've seen some crazy things out there uh, in terms of, and it's people who, yes, are very muscular, usually men. I'm not going to say that women, you know, I have not seen for women, but, you know, some of the exercises that they recommend obviously are not for everybody. It's not a one size fit all. So you just have to be careful who you follow and what, what you look at. Any recommendations on who to follow or books to buy? You know, I am part of an online um, uh, group that actually does online training. And it's funny that you asked because I had a client who does not have the time to do one-on-one. -on -one, so he was asking me and I gave him a couple of recommendations, but off the top of my head, I don't have anybody specifically that I would recommend that I have followed simply because it is better to do it in person. Um, I have been asked, can you train, you know, like just do a program and I have looked into developing a program. I hesitate simply because one program does not fit all. So I'd hate to, you know, have you buy my program. Maybe it's not as advanced as you would need it. You've already paid for it. And I can't advance you anymore because it's a program that I did for, you know, everybody. Um, so because of that, and the fact that I, I like to make sure that I evaluate and see my clients forms, I have not developed that kind of that type of program myself. Although, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of them out there um, and it, it might be beneficial um, to just take some time and figure out which one is really where you're at and where you should start. It sounds though, what you're saying is, I mean, look, we've all seen the commercials on TV and we can all Google books and look at YouTube clips, but I think you just keep coming back. Tell me if I'm wrong. You keep coming back to the point of this is highly individualized. 
nutrition, your fitness levels, uh, the amount of weights, you know, your age, your sex slash gender, your situation in life, your physical abilities, you know, do you have a bum shoulder? I've got a bum shoulder. Um, it seems like what you're saying is this is an investment people have to make and not just buy a one size fits all piece. This is an investment they have to make in themselves because it is highly customizable and highly personalized. And I would agree. That would be my recommendation, but I would hate to discourage somebody from doing nothing versus doing at least something. But yes, I do believe that at least to get started, it, it, it is worthwhile investing in your health. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, that quick start that you're going to get will help you continue, you know, those, those lifestyles, the things that you have learned. But like I said, you know, I do have clients that if I am not there, they will not train. Some people need that additional accountability. So it, it really just depends on who you are, what your goal is, what you're looking for. But I have had some clients that start, you know, one, two months, and then they're ready to take off on their own. Um, but definitely, you know, it is not a one size fit all. I would not recommend that, um, you know, for, for somebody who's just starting off, if you have some experience, then, you know, you might be able to, to start with an online program or get away with doing your own thing, but not if you've never done any type of weight training. And for the nutrition, like I mentioned before, it's funny because people truly believe that they're eating healthy. And, and I, you know, I'm not saying that they're making this up or it's, they, they do. And then you start asking questions and you're like, okay, you know, do you, so, so I think sometimes people based on what they have learned or what they understand or what they see, um, you know, they think that that's the best option when there might be better options and there might be things that they might be able to change. And they might be undermining their workouts. So as I said earlier in the, in the program, I mean, I, I love working out. I love exercising, but I love eating more nutrition. Um, it, I'm hearing it's not, you know, nutrition and weight. It's a combination of the piece. So talk to me a little bit about if I'm listening or watching this, how do I go assess my nutrition? How, how can I get someone to be honest with me? How can I be honest with myself? Again, books, YouTube, uh, I mean, it's all, you know, meal plans you buy from uh, the internet that gets shipped to your house. Um, there's a ton out here on what nutrition means. But I hear again, it's highly individualized. Where do people start with this or at least get a checkup, even if they think they know what they're doing? Yeah, and that's got a, a really good point because when I talk to people, some people don't have the time. So I can't tell that person, hey, you have to, this is what your plate should look like, right? Because they don't have the time. So that might be a person that you would recommend, you know, some of those healthier meals that, you know, get delivered to your house. Honestly, where do you start? You just have to have the desire to want to change. Um, finding somebody, whether it's a nutritionist, you know, I would highly uh, recommend um, talking to somebody. You can use books. I don't particularly have anything off the top of my head that I would recommend that would really lead you to that healthier lifestyle simply because the books that I have usually seen out there are the ones that try to gear you more towards the extremes or you know some form of restriction. And I'll tell you this, when I talk to my clients, I tell them, do not use the word diet. As soon as the word diet pops up, people are already thinking, oh my gosh, I won't be able to eat this. I won't be able to eat that. I want... So guess what? You, you shut down. I tell people, 
start tracking, we'll make the changes and we'll start making some of those healthier changes so that you don't feel overwhelmed. If you try to do it all at once, that is not a good thing. Um, and, and thinking more long-term, you really have to think long-term. You know, some people want to do this quickly. I got to lose weight and it's got to be fast and it's got to, so, so trying to make the changes gradually and having somebody to guide you is probably your best bet instead of a book. Um, and like I said, I am a huge proponent of really using all our three macronutrients because our body is designed to use all three of them and needs all three um, to really function properly. Um, so my, my suggestion would be whether it's, and I was going to say personal trainers, but I take that back because as a personal trainer, you're really not supposed to advise clients on nutrition unless you have that nutrition coaching, unless you have that background. I have a client who came to me and she was telling me what the previous personal trainer suggested, and it was way off base. So you really have to be careful where you're getting that advice from. Make sure that it's somebody who's certified to talk about that, who has you know the background uh, to talk to you about that. So a nutritionist, a dietitian, if you are looking for somebody to meal plan for you, that's another difference. It has to be a dietitian because by law, even though I could probably do that for you, by law, I'm not allowed to give you a meal plan. I can give you guidance. But if I'm not a dietitian, I'm not allowed to say, here, Matt, this is what you're going to eat you know, for the rest of this week. Personal trainers should not really be giving advice um, that really should be coming from somebody who has that nutrition degree on list. But, but personal trainers are allowed to become nutrition coaches through, you know, the program that I was talking to you about. So it's not like they will never be able to talk to you about that. You just have to find somebody who has that credential. Wrapping up here, we're almost out of time, but let's revisit kind of what I started talking about right at the beginning of the show, physical changes, mental changes, emotional changes, differences what you between what you need from a nutrition standpoint, differences in your, your muscle mass. You said from even 30s into your 40s, but 50s, 60s, 70s, men and women, what are your final thoughts around people who are retiring or close to retirement, not happy wherever they are right now with their fitness levels and their weight? And then uh, what's your advice? So that's first part. When, when, as you're getting, uh, turning into, you know, an older adult or you're, you're aging past, uh, you know, your, your mid thirties and your forties, talk to me about that first, and then tell me about, uh, what if you've been throwing up weights and working out your entire life and need a kick or need a, uh, someone to look over your shoulder and a change. Maybe it's not, you're still not where you want to be, even though you work out and use that bad four letter word diet. Yes. Yeah, so um, one of the things that I would recommend if you're getting into the stages of your life where you're closer to retirement, um, it's never too late to start. And if you have a hard time starting, finding up, you know, pairing up with a workout buddy, the older we get, yes, it is harder to sometimes find that motivation. And some days it's easier than others. But so finding somebody that, you know, you would enjoy, you know, working out with, taking long walks, um, and it doesn't have to be, and, and this is another thing that I, I want to bring up. Sometimes people feel like they have to work out for two, three hours. You don't, you know, I tell my clients, my clients who weight train with me, they want to do cardio in between. I say, look, if you give me 30 minutes of a good quality cardio workout, you do not need to be on that machine, whatever it is that you're going to do for hours on end. Um, and that I think it's, it's, it's a good advice because your body what you were able to do in your 20s, 30s, 40s is not going to be the same 
that you can do in your 50s, 60s, 70s, unless you're somebody who has really worked hard to maintain, you know, that good health and that good status from when you were younger. So, you know, not getting discouraged thinking, oh my gosh, I can barely do this. I can barely start. Just start and start wherever you're at and add increments, you know, add increments uh, um, slowly when, and, and you will start seeing within a couple of weeks, hey, I'm getting better at this. I can do more of this. That's when you, you, you bump it up. Um, so I think it's just get started, you know, find somebody, if you have a hard time motivating yourself, find somebody that will help you. You're like, okay, I can't, I cannot work out today because I don't feel like it. No, you know, this person is waiting for me now. I can't leave her, you know, just hanging. Um, so that would be a, a good recommendation, uh, for that. In your fifties and sixties and seventies, what kind of changes or what kind of things should you be listening to while you're working out and, uh, and changes in your body, what you should be attuned to um, just to kind of wrap up and, and, and wrap it around from what you were talking about right in the beginning of the program. So one of the things is um, you can experience more muscle fatigue. Um, and I can speak more for women than men. Unfortunately, you know, I'm not, um, I have not delved into, you know, the, the hormonal changes that men experience because you do, you, you know, it's just at a little bit later stage in your life, but um, muscle fatigue, joint pain can come around that time. And it's associated with decreased estrogen levels. So if that is occurring, uh, once again, you got to make sure you hydrate, um, uh, eating adequate protein will help a lot with that muscle fatigue. Um, it'll allow you to build more muscle, um, and, you know, stay be, being able to have that endurance that you're looking for. Um, lack of energy is also a huge one. So getting adequate sleep, making sure you sleep enough hours, do not deprive your body of that restful time because that's when you recover. Um, and if, you know, if you need a little boost, um, you know, using, make sure you're consuming enough antioxidants. Um, Caffeine. I use green tea. Well, I would say <laughs> that's my, that's on, my drug of choice. It depends on the source of the caffeine. Yeah. Uh, because for me, coffee will not do it. You know, um, I use green tea. Green yeah. tea has a lot of great properties. It'll help boost your metabolism, but it also gives you that additional energy um, before working out if, if you need it. So just really being in tune to what your body's saying. If you need to take an extra day of rest, go ahead and take that extra day of rest. But if you don't, then, you know, you might be hurting yourself in a way that's going to put you out for two, three, four months um, and whatnot. Pay attention to your body, pay attention to the signals. Yes. It, it's funny because I used to be able to, you know, compete with my now 14 year old son, whether it was working out, planking and whatnot. And man, what am I going to do? He's definitely surpassed me. So, you know, you just have to listen to your body and um, stay active. Does not matter how much, you know, you do as long as you are doing something. Erica, thanks very much for all of your time today. It's been a real pleasure. The pleasure was mine. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Matt. My thanks to Erica Pimentel for a great conversation. Check out the show notes and websites discussed during the show at mattferret.com. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Subscribe to the Matt Ferret Show YouTube channel, which you can get to through mattferret.com or by searching for the Matt Ferret Show on YouTube. Until next time, to your wealth, wisdom, and wellness, I'm Matt Ferret, and thanks for tuning in.
The Matt Ferret Show, related content, publications, and MF Media LLC is in no way associated, endorsed, or authorized by any governmental agency, including the Social Security Administration, the Department of Health and Human Services, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The Matt Ferret Show is in no way associated with, authorized, approved, endorsed, nor in any way affiliated with any company, trademark names, or other marks mentioned or referenced in or on The Matt Ferret Show. Any such mention is for purpose of reference only. Any advice, generalized statistics, or opinions expressed are strictly those of the host and guests of The Matt Ferret Show. Although every effort has been made to ensure the contents of The Matt Ferret Show and related content are correct and complete, laws and regulations change quickly and often. The ideas and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show aren't meant to replace the sage advice of healthcare, insurance, financial planning, accounting, or legal professionals. You are responsible for your financial decisions. It is your sole responsibility to independently evaluate the accuracy, correctness, or completeness of the content, services, and products of, and associated with, The Mad Ferret Show, MF Media LLC, and any related content or publications. The thoughts and opinions expressed on The Mad Ferret Show are those of the host and The Mad Ferret Show guests only, and are not the thoughts and opinions of any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Mad Ferret Show, nor is The Matt Ferret Show made by, on behalf of, or endorsed or approved by any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferret Show.